Hey, everybody, super excited we get to be together. I love, I love our Crossroads family. I love all you who are visiting, too. So I believe today uh, will be a very, very meaningful day for us as we uh, begin to study something really important in the letter to the Second Corinthians. It's uh, one of Paul's letters in the New Testament. Uh, but I want to tell you, I want to celebrate something else. Gabriel Romero went through our children's baptism class, a virtual baptism class, and uh, he knows what he's doing. He, he was able to really voice his faith in Jesus, and we have a video of him being baptized. Get ready. I think it's going to bless your heart. Watch Gabriel. Do you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Yes. Do you believe Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God? Yes. Because of your faith in Jesus, today we acknowledge your old self is buried with Christ, and you have been raised to new life in Jesus. Therefore, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Okay, I love that. Yay. I, I love that moment. And uh, I want you to know that the church was born on Pentecost Sunday, 50 days after Easter was the birth of the church. The first time the Holy Spirit fell on everybody. And that day, 3000 people were baptized into Christ. We this year want to celebrate again, uh, Pentecost Sunday on May 31st. Uh, and I want to invite you, if you've never been baptized, to be baptized into Christ. Uh, if you have never been baptized by your choice, knowing what you're doing, uh, choosing it yourself, being buried with Christ, raised to walk in a new life, uh, we want to get you ready for that. Uh, so here's the thing. If you're within the area to be able to come to our Corona campus, we're going to be scheduling baptisms here on May 31st, Pentecost Sunday. Love to have you be a part of that and make it extra, extra special. If you're not in the local area, we want to get you in information on how to baptize. And we want to ask you to take a picture or a video and send it to us. And we're going to celebrate with everybody who on the birth of the church, the day the spirit came, that we are going to celebrate that by having people get baptized. So if you, uh, by the way, want to do that, uh, go ahead and uh, right now, right this second, text AMEN to 69922. Text AMEN to 69922. And we'll set that up. Uh, and so I'd love to have you be a part of that. Love you have to you share in that. But we want to talk about keeping it real. And sometimes uh, I feel like we, without a doubt, are living in a world where we don't realize it's going to pass away. And remember in the matrix, uh, he was given a choice. Do you want to take the red pill or the blue pill? the red pill or the blue tip pill. And if he took the red one, he would be uh, able to understand reality, understand what's real. And too many of us, believe it or not, are focused on what's passing away and not what's really real. Uh, and sometimes, oh, ho, ho, that table wasn't real. None of this was real. Is that cool or what? And see, what I want you to think about, just like that table isn't really there, and it's just gonna pass away and not be a part of what goes on. So many of us are living in a world uh, where we are too focused on what's not really going to matter. And so I want to talk to you about that right now. I want us to dig in together in 2 Corinthians on that right now. And so hopefully you have your Bibles and you're ready to jump with me as we study. If not, the verses will be coming up on the screen. We're going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. But I want you to think about this. We are living in a world 
right now where it's hard to know what's true. I think many of you are with me in that. Uh, And you know what happens is every time I turn on the news and I watch the news all the time so I can keep up with going on, the first thing that's ever leading out is how many people died. And uh, I don't know about you, but I I don't want to be, I don't want to be ignorant on how many people are dying. I certainly don't want to be uncaring, but anybody else, you get a little tired of hearing it. Not because you don't want to care, not because you don't want to be informed, but you almost are like, come on, you know, every day, every day, that's what's out there. And, and so the focus, get ready for this, is on death. And Jesus wants you to focus on life. Uh, the good news uh, for us is when we take the red pill and we find out what's real, we're not ushered into a nightmare like happened in the matrix. We are ushered into something better and more incredible and more amazing. So when we begin to see what's real and, and understand what's temporary, what's passing away, it changes how we live. And we're living in a time we need to do that. See, a lot of people are asking the question, what's real? Is the pandemic real? Um, Are people uh, going to track our every movement? Uh, Is there really something in place or being put in place so they will know everywhere you go and everybody you're in contact with? Is that really, really going to happen? Is the surge coming in the fall or the winter? And we're about to see something even worse happen than what we see happening now. What's real? What's real. And for Christians, by the way, we have a whole different focus. Uh, We want to focus on the eternal. We want to focus on life. We want to focus on love. Uh, We want to focus on Christ. Get ready for this. And we don't want to be caught living our life for that which is going to pass away and not even be here. We want to know what's real. And that's what Paul calls us to. Then when you live in the real, you will become resilient uh, that We talked about that last week, how we can be resilient. This is a part of how we can be resilient. And here's what else you're going to know. You're going to also not be afraid of death. Why? Because death is not a reality for Christians. Now that might sound odd, but when you take the red pill, you're ushered into an eternal life with Jesus Christ. And we don't live for that which is going to pass away this world. We live for the eternal and death for us is no longer a reality. It's just going to be with Jesus. I'm going to be showing you that in a moment. Uh, And so one of the questions we always get asked is, when I die, do I immediately go be with the Lord if I'm a Christian? Uh, We'll show you the answer to that today so you can know that beyond a shadow of a doubt. But I want you to think about this. Paul was not afraid of death. Paul was, was a person who was an enemy of the church. He could not have been a greater enemy of the church. And then Paul, uh, met Jesus, he encountered Jesus, and he went from being an enemy of the church to a proponent of the church, uh, from being its, its greatest uh, uh, person creating destruction to its greatest champion. And by the way, that's one of the proofs Christianity is real, because there was no gain for him in this world. But in, in the world to come, there would be. And so he began to live for the eternal. He began to live for Jesus, and he wasn't afraid to die. He wasn't afraid to die. Why? Because he was living with Christ. And so Paul got baptized into Christ, began to live with Christ, began to experience that. And and you and I need to know that too. So Paul lived not afraid when people threatened his life. You couldn't threaten him with that. That created no fear in him. Paul would not have been afraid of the murder hornet, right? (laughs) Anybody else, the murder hornet? Oh my gosh. Did that create panic and fear? 
And you know, sometimes we're just afraid of a little bug that's out there that, that you know what, in, in the end, it creates this incredible feeling of not, not living for what matters. And, and right now we're living at a time where so many people are afraid. I twice have almost died. And I mean, almost died. I really at least thought I was going to die. And, uh, and actually now I think about it, it was three times, but, but two of them, I was not afraid. I knew death was right there. I knew death was almost not only possible, probable. And, and so in those moments, I can tell you, my faith was so strong in Jesus, not because I'm some great person, but I wasn't afraid to die. One time, Pam and I were in, a, in our car. I was driving with uh, two of our best friends, Tony Amoslecker and Dale Borgen. And uh, we were driving uh, on a street. I was going about 50 miles an hour. And as I was driving, back then, when, back then there was no seatbelt law. None of us were seatbelted in. And, and all of a sudden, a car driven by a college-age girl pulled right in front of me and stopped. And I knew I wasn't going to make it. I knew I was going to hit. I knew I didn't have a chance. And so I'm looking and I'm going for the brakes and uh, I'm going to try as hard as I can to stop it. And, and when I hit those brakes, the car is lurching up. And I honestly did this. I said in my mind, I said, Lord, here I come. And I really thought I was going to be with Jesus. And I went, bam, and hit her. And then I flew up and hit the steering wheel and broke it off and knocked out my part of the front window. Pam went flying, knocked out her side of the window. Then as we're coming back, Tony and Dale, two big guys, big guys, they come up and hit the seat behind us or hit our bench seat. They shove it forward, break it. They break it uh, because they had so much impact. They shove us back into the window and of course, I'm, I'm out cold. Uh, I had people describe to me what happens, how I knew. And, and, and then I woke up. I'd broken ribs. I uh, looked around. And the first word out of my mouth was this, bummer. <laughs> bummer. Because <laughs> I, I really thought I was going to heaven. And no, I'm not in heaven. I'm sitting there in pain. And, and then, of course, my next thought is to take care of Pam. Uh, and, and praise God, all of us ended up being okay. But in that moment, it could have gone the other way. In that moment, it could have been over. And if Jesus had decided it was time for me to go, I wasn't afraid. I wasn't afraid. And uh, that affects not only how I, I see death, but how, how I see life. That's what I want you to think about. Uh, uh, by the way, we never want to rush our time. We want to live our life here to the fullest, doing what Jesus wants us to do. You never want to hasten that. But... When your time comes and the Lord says, come home, you and I should not be afraid to die. So being a Christian, uh, that, that, that's one of those things I want you to think about. Now, I do want to get this out here. Uh, some of you, though, are saying, Chuck, I'm not afraid to die. I'm just not wanting to, to have to know how I'm going to die. There are certain ways I don't want to die. In other words, you don't fear death, but you fear certain ways you could die. Does that make sense? Uh, and we're not going to talk about that today, but I just thought I got to get that out there because there's some of you like, but you know, I, I don't mind going, but I'd like to go peacefully and, and you know, relaxed, uh, kind of like the guy I heard say, you know what, when I die, I, I want to go peacefully in my sleep like my grandfather not like the other three passengers in the car he was driving who were screaming their heads off. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, I think that's funny. I hope in the chat I get some, yes, that was funny. But, but here's the thing. 
Christians are courageous. And why are we courageous even when faced with death? Because there are certain things that are true of us. And so number one, number one's this. We differentiate the temporary from the eternal. See, just like that table wasn't real. This table, by the way, is, although it's passing away too. Um, we know there's a difference between what's temporary and what's eternal. And most of what you see is not gonna be here. Most of what you see is but a puff of smoke ready to go. And so we differentiate that. So in 2 Corinthians, it says this in chapter five, verses one to three, for we know that if the earthly tent, which is our house is torn down, and he's calling our bodies an earthly tent. I wanna dig into that more, but I want you to not miss that. Our bodies are an earthly tent which is uh, our house is torn down. We have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. So your body's temporary. And by the way, I praise God, my body's temporary. Anybody else out there? Some of you love your bodies. Uh, I'm looking forward to getting a new body in heaven, you know, that doesn't gain weight. But anyway, but the one in heaven is made by God. And here's the point I want you to get. Right now, your body, your, your earthly body is like a tent and God is ha- building you a custom-made home in heaven. And where would you rather live? In the custom-made home that's eternal or the tent that's temporary? And he goes, for indeed in this house we groan, longing to be clothed with our dwelling from heaven inasmuch as we have, having put it on, will not be found naked. He said, I want you to know that right now, so much of what you see, including your body, is temporary. It's like a tent. Uh, uh, Pam and I have some friends, and, and uh, when they first got married, uh, they decided uh, they wanted to have a really fun uh, honeymoon. They were going to travel up the coast. And the plan was this. They would stay one night in a hotel, one night in a tent, because the husband, the new husband loved to camp. And so he said, I want to have you fall in love with camping. So one night in a hotel, one night in a tent. So they started in the hotel, had their honeymoon night there. Next day, they drive to a park, they camp in the tent. His new bride was miserable. She just, she couldn't sleep. It was uncomfortable. She didn't like the smell of the tent. She was trying to have a good attitude, but in her head, she kept thinking, tomorrow night I get the hotel. Tomorrow night I get the hotel. So the next uh, day they get up. She's thinking about, I can't wait to go to the hotel, take a really good shower, lay in a real bed. And, and so they drive that night. Uh, he ends up getting lost. So they get a little bit late to the hotel and their room is taken. Uh, and he said, but I had reservations. And they said, no, I'm, I'm sorry you weren't here in time. And, and there was people waiting. And so they took your room. And he goes, is there anything you could do? And they said, no. And he thought, I'm in trouble. Oh my goodness, I'm in trouble. We're in a tent two nights in a row. He goes out, gets in the car and looks at her. And she said, where's the room key? He said, the hotel sold out. And uh, she said, what are we going to do? He goes, well, we'll find a place to camp. And she said, you promised me. He said, I'll somehow make it up to you. So they drove and they're looking and looking and he can't find any campgrounds, nothing. And, and then what happens is he sees a light and he drives to it and there's grass there. And he thinks, you know what? We'll just pitch our tent here and be okay. And, and they did. They pitched their tent. Uh, they got in. She's kind of mad, you know, anyway. Matter of fact, she sat in the car while he set up the tent, ran and got into bed. He got next to her. They have this quiet night. I mean, nobody's happy. The next morning, she's shaking him and he goes, what is it? She goes, we got to get out of here quick. And he opens the tent and finds out he had pitched his tent on a golf course. (laughs) 
True story, by the way. Pam will tell you in the chat. Pam will tell you. True story. And so people are hitting the ball and walking right by them like it's nothing. And, and they're having to get up and it was horrible. But you know what? The Bible says this body you have right now is not your eternal dwelling if you know Jesus, if you love Jesus, if you're living for Jesus. And so when we get to heaven, we get a house made by God himself, made by God himself, your custom made home. And God wants you there. God wants that to be what you you do and, and aim at. Again, not hastening the time. But when I live for the eternal I have a better value of things, and at least I value things more correctly. See, when I'm living for the eternal, I value things more correctly because now I'm going to invest in eternity, not in the temporal. And when you invest in what's temporal or temporary, it's going to be gone like that and it won't matter. The Bible talks about our lives being but a puff of smoke and, and we want to hold on to that which has value. I don't know if you heard about the guy who uh, uh, was down on his luck. It was a hard time. So he thought the restaurant had opened up and he went into the restaurant and he said to the owner, he said, uh, you know, I don't have any money. Um, Could I get somehow get a free meal? And the owner said, sorry, I can't do that. Economic times are tough. And the guy said, but what if I amaze you? He said, all right, if you do something amazing, I'll give you a free meal. So I reached in his pocket, pulled out a hamster, set it down, reached in the other pocket, pulled out a piano and set it down. Hamster ran over to the piano and starts playing like crazy. I mean, it is really good. And it's just playing away and playing away. And the, the owner's like, oh my gosh, that is amazing. Sure, anything on the menu, sure, go for it. So the guy eats and, and he's enjoying every bite. And when he's done, he looks at the owner of the restaurant and he said, hey, uh, can I have dessert for free? And the owner said, no, 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 no. You'd have to do something even more amazing for that. And, and the guy goes, okay, reaches in his pocket, pulls out a frog. Uh, the hamster runs back to the piano, starts playing. Frog starts singing, not just singing. The frog is singing amazing. And, and when he hits the ending, everybody in the restaurant's cheering. And a guy runs over to this man who's down on his luck and says, how much would you, would you take for that frog? And he looks at him and goes, I don't know. He goes, I'll give you $500 right now for that frog. And, and the guy goes, oh, okay. So he hands him the frog and, and the owner of the restaurant goes, what are you doing? That frog's amazing. I mean, it's worth way more than $500. And the guy goes, no, it isn't. The hamster's a ventriloquist. <laughs> okay, that is a good one. Parents, tell that to your kids. That's one for your kids. That's one for your kids. That the frog, the hamsters of ventriloquist. The frog really wasn't worth anything or very little. How much of you right now, how much your time, how much your talent, how much your, your energy, your treasure and your energy is invested in that which is gonna pass away? I've been a pastor a long time. Let me tell you some things I've learned. I've sat with people that were so in, enmeshed in their jobs so invested in their job that they left out their family, their marriage suffered, the relationship with the kids suffered, and then they retire and, and they, they look at me and they say, Chuck, I blew it. What a waste. What a waste. I hope you do a good job at your job, but let me just tell you this. You gotta invest in the right things. And when you invest in Jesus, when you invest in his church, when you invest in his calling for you, your identity in him and the purpose he has for you. When you start loving God and loving others, you're not going to sit one day looking across my desk and saying, I wasted my life. 
You don't have to. You shouldn't. Jesus wants so much more than, for you than that. And so we need to understand that. So whenever we, whenever we are living for the right thing, it gives us courage. See, when we're living for what's right, it gives us courage because we know what's valuable. In 1 John, it says this. It says, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away. And also it's lust, but... But the one who does the will of God lives forever. Did you see that? The world is passing away. So many people are lusting for sexual things. That's going to pass away. So many are lusting for material things. They get old quick. They get old quick, especially now. We're in a world that's changing so fast. And if you, that's what you're invested in, you're in trouble. Um, the boastful pride of life, power. Power and prestige. Yeah, I can't tell you how many times, and again, I know I'm older than most of you, that I've sat with some of our younger staff, and I bring up the name of someone who was famous in my day, and they don't even have a clue who it was. And, and back then, everyone was like, I want to be like them, and they're gone. You know what? They're, they're, they're not even known. See, it's all passing away. But when you invest in Jesus, when you live your life for him, then what happens is you're living your life for that which matters. And we need to understand that. C.S. Lewis wrote a really great book called The Great Divorce. The Great Divorce. If you want to have a good summer read, go ahead and read The Great Divorce. It's a classic. And what it's about is a man who's in hell and he's given an opportunity to go to heaven. Now, he's not going to get to stay there. You'll see that. But, but that, I don't want to ruin the book for you. But I do want to tell you this part. When he gets there, he finds out heaven's real and the earth was a mist. Everything in heaven's more vibrant, more alive, more powerful, more tangible. See, and, and this is just like an, a, a gas, a mist that, that just fades away. And right now, I don't want you to invest your life in that. I want you to live for something better, live for something more. Uh, by the way, God wants you to have that same thought. And so in John chapter 6, Jesus says these words, Do not work for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him the Father God has set a seal. Did you see that? Don't waste your life for that which is going to just pass away and not matter. That's what I want to challenge you to think about. I want you to challenge you to make decisions on. Right now, some of you, I want to tell you, it's your time. This is your moment to say yes to Jesus. And, and you need to come to him because he has prepared you not for that which passes away, not for that which is temporary, but he wants you to live for that which matters and that which matters more. The very destination God has prepared us for is to be with him in heaven. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 4 says this, For indeed, while we're in this tent, we groan, being burdened, because we do not want to be unclothed, but to be clothed. We, we, something inside us wants that, so that what is immortal will be swallowed up by life. Now he who prepared us for this very purpose is God who gave to us the spirit as a pledge. God actually created you on purpose so you could live eternity with him. But you've got to choose to go to that. You've got to choose to live that way. Jesus said this, if anyone wants to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross and follow me for he who would seek to save his life will lose it. But he who loses his life for my sake will find it. And you know what Jesus is saying? When you make that decision to come after me, you can't turn back. 
You can't live for both. You can't be lukewarm and you can't be someone who's apathetic. You got to go passionately for Jesus, with Jesus, to Jesus, so you can live in this new world, this new life, in this new way. Um, in 1519, Cortez landed in this new world. And he had 600 men with him that were, were, were commissioned and missioned with the idea uh, of conquering. And, and so what happens, they were all about now a new world. And so when they got off the ships and got to the shore, all of a sudden they started hearing a sound and turned around and they see the ships on fire. Cortez had ordered all the ships to be burned. Why? He didn't want them to be able to go back. They had to burn the ships if they were going to go forward. They had to burn the ships so they weren't turning back. Jesus said, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Meaning when you go forward, you go forward. When you get off the ship and you go to Jesus, you burn the old one. So there's no going back. It's all for Jesus and living for him completely in every way and everything we do. And so we need to do that. And then when you do, he said the death that everybody else has experienced is swallowed up in life. And we don't have to be afraid to die because death is no longer our reality. That's pretty cool. So we differentiate the temporal from the eternal and that gives us courage. Number two, we know we're going to be with Jesus. Why are we not afraid to die? Because it's not our reality. We're in the eternal. And are you ready for this? Because we know that when we shut our eyes in this world, we'll open our eyes in heaven. And by the way, that's immediate. The, the, the minute, no, not even the minute, the second, the atomic second that you now are not here anymore and your, your time has come, you open your eyes to be with Jesus in a new world a new life and with a new body and, and, and with filled with love and completely living life. And if that didn't bring you courage, then I don't know what would. See, I, I want to say this without being harsh. I feel like sometimes that even people who call themselves Christians are afraid to die because you're not that close to Jesus. When you know Jesus and love Jesus and experience Jesus, you start thinking about Jesus. Uh, and, and that's good. And you know what? Again, we don't hurry it. We don't go until he tells us it's his time for us to come. We don't choose another. So don't do that. But don't be afraid for that day if you love him. And that's what Jesus wants you to know. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 6 says, Therefore, being always of good courage. Notice that, always of good courage. Christians, when we're living our lives right, have the right focus, you're not going to be afraid. You're going to always be of good courage. And knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. While we're here on this earth and in this body, we don't have that same proximity to Jesus we want to have. Even though he loves us and loves us and is close to us, it's not going to be the same. It's going to be better in heaven. For we walk by faith and not by sight. In other words, we, we know what's real and even though other people can't see it. We make choices by faith, not by what's around us and circumstance because we know what, what's real. And then he says, for we are of good courage and I say, prefer rather to be absent from the body and to be at home with the Lord. That's why that day in that car, when we were careening uh, towards an impending accident that would be horrific, total our car, total her car, hurt everybody in it. And I thought, you know, this was probably it. I wasn't afraid. I was of good courage. That's why, by the way, overall during this crisis, I can be of good courage. 
Because in this crisis, there's a lot of fear. Um, And so we don't want to live by that fear. We want to live with good courage, knowing that God has us, knowing he'll get us through. It might not be easy, but he'll get us through. And I can walk by faith and not by sight. And I don't need to be afraid of that. I don't need to be afraid of what's going to happen to me that way because he has me. Uh, the other time that I almost died, at least I thought I was going to die, uh, I really thought, we, I really believed we were going to die, is I was flying on a plane from, um, Lex, or from Nashville, Tennessee to Lexington, Kentucky, and we were in the worst storm I, I've ever been in. We knew there were thunderstorms out there. They went ahead and took off. Uh, I, I know that they didn't expect it to be as bad as it was. It was turbulence like you couldn't believe. And then we were bouncing, 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 and then we dropped. And when we dropped, the oxygen things come out of the, the compartment. And, and everyone's screaming. And, and, and I thought, and I, even in the drop, I thought we're going down. Well, we ended up catching, but we're still bouncing. And, and I thought, this is it. I'm, Lord, I'm going to come. I really, really thought we were going down. So did the guy next to me. There was a man next to me. And, and he was sh- holding on and shaking and, and freaking out. And he looked up at me and he said, aren't you afraid? And, and honestly, I, true story. I looked at him and said, no. No, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid to die. And he said, why not? And I said, because I love Jesus. And I thought, you know what? I'm witnessing. I'm going to give it to him. So I said, because I love Jesus. And I, I want to tell you something. I know that, that if this plane goes down, I'm just going to heaven. I'm honestly not afraid to die. And I said, do you know Jesus? And he goes, no. And I said, do you want to know Jesus? And he's like, yeah, he really, really did. And so I shared Christ with them. And we even prayed the prayer. We prayed the prayer. And then we unhooked our, our seatbelts. And I took him in the bathroom and baptized him. And that part's not real. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> that part's not real. But yeah, I did. I thought, I'm sharing Jesus with them. And, and I let him, and he prayed the prayer with me. And when we landed, we ended up being safe. He was thanking me and thanking me. And, and you know what I want to tell you? There was no reason to be afraid. We were always of good courage. And so we can have that. Why? Because when we are absent from the body, we get to be with Jesus Christ. The minute, the second a Christian dies, they go to be with Jesus. Paul believed that death was impending. Paul believed he was about to be killed and he was. He he was going to have his life taken from him in a really horrible way. But in Philippians 1, here's what he said about it. He he goes, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. But if I live on in the flesh, this will mean fruitful labor for me. So again, we never rush it. While we're living, I'm going to do everything I can for Jesus because I'm living for the eternal. So again, if you've ever thought about hurting yourself, harming yourself, no, God has too much for you here, here when you live for him. So don't do that. Get help. Let us help you. But he said this, and I do not know which to choose. But I am hard pressed from both directions, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, for that is very much better. Did you see that? Now, again, uh, you don't want to hasten it, but when we go to be with Jesus, it's so much better. My mom's in a better place. That's not just words. My dad's in a better place. That's not just words. Pam and I have two children in a better place. And those aren't just words, that's real. Um, and, and we're going to see them one day. And he says, and yet to remain on in the flesh is more necessary for your sake. He said, you know what? While I'm here, I'm going to do everything I can. And that's what I'm going to do too. I want to live every day for Jesus, knowing that one day I get to be with Jesus. And, and that's how we want to live. That's who we are. Um, 
I've had many life-changing moments, almost always because of relationships. And I'll never forget, Pam and I were at a McDonald's and I looked up and saw Danny Mercado. Uh, actually, I'm sorry, Nasa Mercado. I looked up and saw Nasa. And Nasa yeah, was a college girl in our youth ministry, incredible girl, vibrant, alive, um, a student at, at Mount Sac, uh, dreamed to go to UCLA and to, to be on track there. And I saw her and I, I ran over and I said, hey, I haven't seen you in a while, Nasa. And she looked at me and she said, well, Chuck, I don't think you know I have lupus. And I go, what's that? I didn't know. She said, my immune system attacks my organs and they can't stop it. And there are times I go through episodes and I have to go to Kaiser and Downey and be hospitalized to get me through. And I said, I never knew. She goes, well, I don't like to talk about it. And I said, I, I get that. And she, she wanted to live her life to the fullest. Man, she was a living, exciting person to be around. But I didn't know the struggle she had. But now it was getting worse. Now it was getting harder. And so what happened is uh, I would now go visit her at the hospital. And I had the nurses at Kaiser Downey tell me, he goes, that, you know what? We don't want Nasa to suffer. But whenever we see her, she's such a joy. And she, she was. She would go in and just minister and love on people. But then she was getting worse. She was getting worse. Her dream was to somehow at least get to to UCLA and to graduate that at least that far is what she prayed for. And then one night, I'm thinking like two or three in the morning, I get the call and, and it's her mom, Danny. And Danny said, Chuck, you got to get, get over here quick. We're at Kaiser LA. They moved her to Los Angeles and she doesn't have much longer and we want you here. So I drove to Kaiser Los Angeles late in the night, early in the morning, I guess, dark outside, park in the parking structure, which felt empty. And I'm walking, feeling the feeling that someone I love is not going to be in physical proximity any longer. So I make it uh, into the room, and it's, it's crowded with people, family and friends, knowing this is probably it. And uh, Danny said, I, she, she, Chuck, we're so glad you're here. She goes, can you pray? Can you lead us in prayer? And so I went right over to uh, Nasa and put my hands on her and began to pray and had Danny's hand and, and we all held hands. And I said, Lord Jesus, I pray that you would heal her. And all of a sudden, Danny squeezed my hand and she looked at me and she said, no, Chuck. No, don't pray for that. We're ready. She's ready. So I said, Lord, take her. Lord, we release her. Let her go to you in peace. She's meant so much to us. She means so much to us. And I am not kidding. After I said amen, right at that moment, the machine goes off. I looked at the doctor later and I said, I bet you see this. And he goes, no, 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 this is different. And it was. And so we knew she was with the Lord. Now, that wasn't easy. There's going to be a morning because we can't hug her and be with her. But we're not afraid for her. Her mom, Danny, wasn't afraid for her. But it was a, a while later that uh, Danny one day was praying and she said, Lord, I, I just wish you would somehow tell me, show me beyond a shadow of doubt that Nasa's with you. She goes, I don't want to be selfish, but if there's just some way you could do that. And that weekend, uh, Danny and her husband and her friends, they went to Laughlin, Nevada to see a, a country and Western artist named Roya Clark who was performing. 
And so they go to the concert, and while they're in the concert, uh, she notices there's this man. He's kind of dressed in, he, not kind, he's dressed in all black, had really blue eyes, and he was staring at her. And she said to her husband, I'm getting really uncomfortable because that man keeps staring at me. And he said, do you want me to go talk to him? She said, no, and the guy was big. She goes, it's just as weird because is, is he staring at me? And everyone goes, he is, yeah. So what happened is uh, there was a break, uh, and, and right as they uh, uh, hit the break, she's sitting there and she looks up and that big guy is standing over her and uh, she, she looked at him and he reached down and grabbed her hand. And when he grabbed her hand, her husband went to stand up and she motioned and said no. But she could feel there was something that was in her hand now. And the man looked at her and said these words, Nasa is in heaven. She is with Jesus. And he stepped back and she looked in her hand and there was a rock and on the rock was a scripture verse Philippians 3, 20 and 21. And she stood up to say something to him and he stepped and went in and out of this crowd that's in the midst of the break and they can't find him. No one can find him. She runs into the lobby. He's not there. She goes back to the table he was sitting at and she said, where's the man who was sitting here? And everybody at the table, listen, they said no one was here. By the way, a lot of people saw this happen and they saw that he was just gone. She, she rushed to her hotel room to get a Bible and she found these words. It was in Philippians. It's in Philippians 3, 20 and 21, the verse written on the rock. It says, but we are, all, we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives and we eagerly are eagerly waiting for him to return as our savior. He will take our weak mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like his own using the same power with which he will bring everything under his control. Weak mortal bodies. Nasa's body at the end was very weak. And, and I believe in all my heart, and so does Danny, an angel came to tell her an answer to her prayer. She now has a glorious body. And that's what we want. That's what we look for. That's what we're aimed at. And that's why we can always be of good courage. At a time like this, I want to ask you the question that's the most important question. Where are you in the way you live your life? Do you live for the temporary, which is going to pass away? Are you living for the eternal? Maybe in this time of testing, you've had a wake-up call to realize how much of what you were counting on, you can't count on. How much you were living for, you can't live for. And here's the thing, that's good. That's not bad, that's good, because now you can now you can change. Now you can come over to Jesus. Now you can know his love. And the closer you get to Jesus, the more you know Jesus, the more you let him love you, the more you let him guide you, the more you let him show you what, what's the right things in life to live for, not the wrong, the good, not the bad, because that's what he wants for you, the very, very good, then your life could be incredible. So right now, are you, are you living in a vibrant relationship with Jesus that's real? Because he's real and this is real. I can tell you I know Jesus as much as I know my wife. I really do. You might say, but I can't see him, but I walk by faith and not by sight. I don't need to see him. He's that real to me. He's that real to me. He can be that real for you now because he loves you that much. He died on the cross for you to take away your sins to take away your guilt. He died on the cross to free you from anything that oppresses you or holds you down. He died so you could live with courage and not be afraid. He died so you could have joy 
that, that never can be taken away and a peace that passes understanding. All that's the real. And, and are you ready to make that choice? For some of you, you need to do it for the first time. For some of you, you need to come back to Jesus. Uh, you at one time, we're living for him. It's time to come home. And right now, I'm going to pray a prayer and lead a prayer that if you're ready to say yes to him, I'm going to ask you to pray it with me. You could pray it alone. Uh, you could pray it with, as a couple. You could pray it as a family. You could pray as friends. But I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer where you commit your life to Christ and say yes to Jesus. And I'm going to ask you to do this because I want it to be real. It's about being real. I'm going to ask you to take your phone or a tablet or, or a computer, however you can do a message. And I want you to text me uh, uh, by, by texting to 69922. Uh, and I want you to text the word amen. Text amen, A-M-E-N, to 69922. Now, what does amen mean? Amen means for real. Amen means yes. Amen means I mean it. I mean it. And so we're going to keep it real. And I want you to pray the prayer and do something real. So the prayer is real if you pray it from your heart. And then it becomes really real when you hit that amen. And we do want to interact with you. We're going to contact you back. So please listen so that we can, we can connect with you and get you a Bible and get you some things to help you grow in the Lord but you matter. You matter to God. You matter to us. Right now, I probably don't know you by name, but I know God knows right where you're at, right where you're sitting or right where you're standing. And this is your moment. I think there's even someone in a car right now, and I'm going to ask you to pull over and, and, and get to a safe place and pray this prayer and make that text to say yes. Say yes to him. Pray this prayer with me and, and then send that text to say, I'm in. I mean it. I want a connection with God and with the church family that would love me. And we will and God will. So right now, it's your moment. I want to pray for you. And then I'm going to ask you to pray with me. All of you who love the Lord all over, let's pray for people to say yes to Jesus. Father, I pray right now for the people out there that need to open their heart to you and commit their life to you. Father, I believe there is someone who has thought about hurting themselves and harming themselves, and that'd be the last thing they should do. I pray they're going to pray this prayer right now, and, and they're going to experience love. They're going to experience a change. It's for them. And I do pray they'll text because we want to be with them. Father, I pray for somebody right now who realizes what they were living for two months ago is gone. It, it today, they just this week they realize they're not going to get that back and they're not sure what's coming. But what a great time to trust you because you have something for them. I pray they're going to pray this prayer and come. I pray right now, Lord, for a couple who, man, this this time in their marriage, their marriage already wasn't what it should have been, but this has been a revealing. And they've been thinking when this is over, they're done. And, and that's the last thing they should do. Their marriage could be great. It could be happy. Their kids could have such a good home. And I pray right now that as they're sitting there, and I'm even surprised they're in the same room, but they're in that room together. God, that you're, you're stirring and this is their time to look at each other, shake their head and go, we're going to do this. And I pray they're not only going to pray the prayer, they're both going to text in so that they say we're in this together. So Lord, I pray for anybody who never has met you. They don't know you. I pray for someone right now who, as I told a couple of the stories, they were like, is this real? But something's going on in their heart and mind. They can tell it is. I pray they're going to pray this prayer and come. They're going to text. So right now I'm going to lead the prayer.
you're ready to say it for the first time, pray it with me. If you're ready to recommit your life, pray it with me. And then I want you to text. I want you to text. But I want you to pray the prayer. So right now, let's pray it together. Say, Lord Jesus, I know you love me. And I know you died on the cross for me. And you died for my sins. I pray you'll forgive me and cleanse me from all my sin. I pray you'll heal me. Listen to this part. Heal me from hurt and pain. I pray you'll free me from anything that would hold me down or hold me back. But most of all, I pray you'll make me yours. I pray you'll make me alive. And I pray you'll make me brand new. So I say yes. And if you haven't prayed anything else, just say that. I say yes. I say yes. I say yes to you. And I say yes to the life you have for me. So take me now and make me yours in Jesus' name. Amen. And those of you who've texted in and I see a bunch have, praise God for you. Man, we are so excited for you. And if you haven't texted in yet, remember, we want to get you a Bible. We want to get you some other things to help you grow in Christ. We want to know who you are so we could pray for you and that matters. And we want to show you how we really can be a church family no matter where you are. So make sure you text in. Uh, but before you go, I want to share with you uh, something that I think uh, is going to be touching for everybody. But for some of you, a little more. And uh, we do a thing around here called Boldly Blessed. And that is during the season, at least now, uh, we take uh, uh, what we ask you to give a dollar more than you normally give. Give one dollar extra. We uh, just are able to figure out how that happens. And we take that money and we bless people. Uh, we bless families. We blessed uh, last week single moms. Uh, we do life-changing things just to boldly bless someone. Well, uh, this particular blessing we decided to do is pretty meaningful to a lot of the Crossroads family because uh, Barry McMurtry, who was the senior pastor of the church before me, he led this church in an incredible way. He uh, brought us to a place that that uh, we know God wanted us to be on the particular property we on and set us up to be able to do greater and greater things. He was a part of thousands of people coming to know Christ. He was a part of people rebuilding lives. I mean, God used Barry here at Crossroads and in other places too. But uh, Barry, Barry's wife, Gay, they, they ended up retiring and, and he's a good friend of mine. They moved to Australia where they're from. Barry's wife, Gay, had Alzheimer's and, and it was financially devastating for him as he tried to get her through that. Uh, our church has been supporting him and caring for him. But uh, some other people found out that he's, he's in a real place of need. He's 78 years old. He's on 13 medications. He had a stroke that was really hard. He's, his balance isn't good. And he needs help, but he also needs to know he's loved and appreciated. So some other group out of a, call, a group called Kairos, they said that if churches would give or people would give and we hit a certain amount, they would, they would double that. Well, here's the thing. Crossroads was able to put up enough so we could triple that. And uh, we're blessed, Barry. So all of you part of Crossroads right now, I want you to know Barry got shown love in a real way. And as much as the finances are going to matter, the fact we're saying we love him matters. The fact he knows he's not forgotten matters. And, and so we wanted to do a boldly blessed for an incredible man 
man who's touched so many lives. And it matters right now as he is probably not that far from going to be with Jesus. So all you who are at Crossroads and, and this is meaningful, put it in the chat. We'd love that uh, because we are blessing Barry. And we want to make sure you're blessed. So as our time ends, I pray you know God's love, joy, and peace. And I pray you're always of good courage. Casey is going to share some closing thoughts. Well, congratulations to all of you who have made a decision to follow Jesus or be baptized today. And if you did text us to make that decision, be sure to reply with your name so we can send you a gift. I also want to invite you to gather your family and friends to be part of our family by joining us right here again online next week. We're live on Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. or Sundays at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. So if you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button and you'll never miss out on new messages. And if you found yourself thinking, I wish so-and-so was watching this right now, then just hit that share button and send it to them so they can be encouraged. And finally, if your life is being impacted by Crossroads, and if you want to be part of making that same impact all over the world, you can text GIVING to 699-22 to make a financial gift today. Well, thanks again for watching. We'll see you again next week.